Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with Tom from the Lottery Winners and it's an absolutely delightful chat. Tom's an absolute ball of energy uh, and we have a really, really lovely natter and I can't wait for you to to hear it. Uh, before we, we get on with that chat, a few thank yous. Um, I want to thank Scribius Pip, uh, the podfather himself, and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network, which is Pip's network, and there's some amazing podcasts over there. Um, go check them out. I would definitely recommend you go and look and listen uh, to Brett Goldstein's songs to uh, Films to be Buried With. It's, uh, it's wonderful. If you like uh, wonderful creative people uh, talking about their, their life story uh, interspersed with their favourite films in a very similar kind of format to this. He does it, but with films, then go check it out. Um, I was absolutely blessed to get asked to go on that in the uh, in the early days when it first started. And this is before Brett's uh, a multi-Emmy winning, you know, actor and, and writer. Uh, and uh, But he's so lovely and uh, and I can't recommend that podcast enough it's still one of my um go-to listens so go check that out also i want to thank the team at the blue murder club podcast um it's a wonderful true crime podcast and uh, and it's those uh, it's the gang over there that put together and produce this podcast for me so uh so thanks to those guys give them a a check out um it's wonderful guest driven podcast where they get people on to talk about all sorts of local crimes in there, uh, you know, sort of local crimes and nationwide crimes and, and everything true crime. It's, uh, it's great. And there's been some wonderful guests on there, some that are featured on this podcast as well over the years. So go, go check that out now. Um, right. Um, I'd also should say, if this is your first time listening to Off The Beaten Track, then welcome. Come in. Take your shoes off, please. Thank you. Um, you're late to the party, but it doesn't matter because it's, uh, it's a pretty welcoming place. And... Well, you've already missed out on over 470 episodes um, because I've been putting two hour a week for the last few years now. And yeah, if you like your, your indie schmindy, then uh, you've come to the right place because in that back catalogue, you can hear me chatting to the vaccines, to suede, to block party, to sleeper bods, to idols. If you like your big rock and rollers, then Foo Fighters, Tommy Lee and Motley Crue, um gosh the killers um and then actors i've had some wonderful uh actors on i've had maxine peak amanda abington joe hartley thomas turgoose michael smiley um many 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 more and all you djs and producers i've had a wonderful chat with norman cook you know fat boy slim i guess 
And uh, and had a lovely chat with Butch Fig, you know, him of Garbage and, and also the guy that produced Nevermind and uh, and the Smashing Pumpkins and Sonic Youth. And, and go and have a rummage in the archive because there's hundreds of episodes uh, with all your favourite actors, musicians, DJs, comedians. Like I say, if you like comedy... Acaster, I've had James Acaster on, I've had a Gamble, I've had Jade Adams, I've had Maisie Adam, um, a real who's who of um, the comedy scene as well, all getting super excited, talking about records and their creative journey to date. But there's another thing. You can support the podcast. Let me tell you how you can do that. You can just give us a like, a love, a share, a retweet on social media. Better still, you can subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. But I have a Patreon. And so Patreon's like a thing where people can support content creators. Um, I think that's the first time I've ever called myself a content creator, but I guess that's what I am. And what you do is you go over there and you subscribe to it. And there's normally a cost um, to that. And with mine, uh, I've kept it at a dollar. And so it costs you a dollar a month because times are tough, right? So... It'll work at 70-odd P a month. And for that, each week I put up the video episodes. Uh, so you can watch uh, all of the chats. I put up mixtapes. Um, I put up artist playlists. Um, and I do a monthly live show. And it's a really lovely, lovely thing. It's um, The Patreons all come along. And we do it over Zoom. And we, we talk about one of the questions on the podcast. So we might ask, what was the song that soundtrack your years clubbing? And... You can turn up with the, the camera off and your mic off and just watch. Or you can get involved. And it's 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 your opportunity to guest on Off The Beaten Track. Uh, and we just have a lovely little non-judgmental natter about all our favourite records. And it's um, it's a lovely monthly thing we do over there. And that, like I say, will cost you 70p a, a month. And that money goes in the pot to kind of pay for the production and, and to keep these podcasts uh, coming your way for free. So you can find out about that at patreon.com forward slash off the beat and track podcast. No, off the beat and track. Um, or you can find out about everything you need to know about this podcast at our website, which is off the beat and track podcast.com. www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. That's beat and not beaten. Right, I think that's enough kind of pitching and waffling from me, and uh, we're going to get on to some grade A top-notch waffle now um, with today's guest. Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track podcast with Tom of the Lottery Winners. It's Off The Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me, stew with him. Okay, we are recording. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. I've just had a cinnamon bun. Any day that starts on a cinnamon bun is a good day. If you just start with loads of calories, I find that's, re- that's a really good way to start the day. How are you? Have I'm you had all a right. Cinnamon bun? I ain't had a cinnamon bun. I've had a flapjack, but uh, but it come out of a little vending machine in the office block, and it was uh, and it was chilled. So like the little line of chocolate along the top was quite nice and cold. So uh, it delivered. I mean, it's, it's not no cinnamon day. bun. It's no cinnamon bun, mate. I'm I'm sorry that I have one up to you. There's a place <laughs> in a big shopping centre near me, and they do these kind of like, I don't know if it's a cinnamon bun, but they're like, um, like sort of, what would you call it? Almost like a pretzel type thing. And like, 
oh my god and you walk past the place and they just give you free samples and it's like crack oh. they just pull you in they're like the child catcher in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang they, <laughs> just sort of, they just wean you give you a little bit and before you know it you're just like a zombie just going and handing over about 17 quid for a bag or two it's, uh, it's ridiculous anyway <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we've got our, uh, our breakfast out of the way and uh, let's talk about something that I know we're going to have a, a lot of fun doing which is talking about records mate um, yeah Tom, tell me the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please, mate. Well, straight away, bang, straight in with the songs. Okay. Let's do it. I regard the greatest ever intro. This was hard, by the way. These aren't easy questions. Like, I feel like you sent these flippantly. I, but I, I am an overthinker, chronic overthinker. So I spent a long time Good. going over this. Yeah, like, <laughs> I really did. Like, this has consumed me all week thinking about this. What is the greatest ever intro? And I have concluded that I think it is Diamonds on the Soles of Her Shoes of Paul Simon's Graceland album. I just think that the way that Paul glides over the African choir and it's just its own thing before it kind of kicks into the groove and stuff, that just really gets the hairs uh, that used to be on my head standing up. So It's an absolute belter as well. What a record as well. That album is, 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 a, is a real masterpiece. Um, tell me how you discovered that because you're that that come out when i was probably 14 15 and i'm considerably older than you how did you was it a case of simon and garfunkel and sort of tracing it back and, and getting stuck into the the works of paul simon how did you stumble across that or was it parents not parents no it was i've always just I've been obs obsessed with music since I was like a little kid, like in an unhealthy way. My first obsession was Queen. So, but like in a weird way. So like I loved Queen so much that I'd draw a little mustache on and wear a yellow jacket when I went into school. Literally, I had no mates. You know, I was like the weird Queen kid. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll, we'll get into bullying in a little bit, mate. <laughs> yeah. And I think since like discovering that and, and seeing it was like I saw those early videos of Freddie Mercury on, on well, early live at Wembley and stuff like that. And just seeing the way he commanded the crowd and the audience, it was just like, I want to do that. I want to be that guy. So like that just birthed this love of music. And then I just realized that there was so much of it out there and I just consumed as much of it as I could. And I remember finding Graceland quite early maybe I was like 11 or something when I heard Graceland and I just thought it was, it was like nothing that I'd ever heard before. The songs were incredible. The musicianship was incredible. And I just always, and it still is to this day, my favorite album of all time, all Simon's Graceland. Bit of controversy with it, innit though? I feel like he didn't quite pay everyone that was on that record. I yeah. Don't know. That's, what, that's what the rumor is. I know. And, it, and it, it's weird because so many of, 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 of you know, artists of years ago it's it's there's lots of questionable things were happening in the music industry there and 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 it's something that pops up on this podcast a lot that kind of can you separate the the you know the the, the music from the man and uh yeah and i mean he's not quite he's not quite nelly no he? no he's not, <laughs> no. that's not a very good point yeah, it is Nelly. No, it's not Nelly. I'm slagging off Chris Kelly. Brown. R. Kelly. I, I R. meant Kelly. R. Kelly. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it rhymes, doesn't it? It's not R. Kelly. He hasn't been done done any of that. No, he's not quite Rolf Harris. No, but I feel like he might have unfairly paid some people on that record. But happens, for me, yeah, it's still you know, an absolute uh, masterpiece. He is a dude. He's an absolute dude. Um, I want to ask you. I, I want you to put your 
your songwriting hat on now, and I'm going to ask you about intros. And it's, you know, seeing that the way that 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 your band operates, it, it it seems very lots of DIY, lots of kind of, you know, really solid and interesting self promotion. And um, and one of the things that I'm always intrigued to ask guests is, as a songwriter and as a musician. The, the the days of having, for instance, Bohemian Rhapsody. You mentioned Queen. If, if you used to take Bohemian Rhapsody into a record label now as a new band, they go check this out. Twenty seconds in, they'd be like, nothing's happened yet, and because we live in this fast-paced world of of quickening attention spans, and I'm sure you're very okay with the things you know, such as uh, TikTok and 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 the importance of getting on Spotify playlists and things like that. And so you have to almost cut to the chase with your songs to 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 mm. get heard and so oh, big time i want to know how much of that filters into your creative process and yeah how much if at all do you do you, do you pay attention to those things and and does it affect you know that, that those those moments that you know when you're in the studio of going well, look maybe we need to chop that off because we want to grab them here like talk us through that sort of process tom I wish I could say that it was like, nah, man, I'm so, you know, true to the art that I don't care about that kind of thing, dude. But like, I do, like, you have to. I feel like you've got to adapt if if you want to be successful. And we do have incredibly short attention spans now. And, and I am trying to do this whole, TikTok's a weird thing because obviously it's massive and it is actually responsible for a lot of like the hit songs these days. It's because people are dancing to it on TikTok or what. I don't, I'm too old to understand that. But I've been trying recently and we got TikTok actually like a couple of years ago and made the first ever TikTok that we made just like went viral. And it was like when all kinds of postmen were having hit songs with sea shanties. Remember, it was like a yeah. weird time. And um, and I was just like, I was on the phone to Rob, our guitarist, and I was like, mate, I think we're going to have to just like, just succumb to this and do a sea shanty. Like what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> and so... I was actually cleaning at the time and I had, a, I had a playlist on and it was a cleaning playlist and the song that was on was Rockstar Nickelback. Like that's not something that I usually listen to. Um, no, no, I'm not dissing my mates in Nickelback, but that's not something that I would usually listen to. And it was just on and I was like, yo, just do Rockstar by Nickelback. We all just want to be big rockstar. It'll like really go with it. Like it'll work. And he put that on. He just made it in like, I don't know, 15 minutes, put it online. And then like, we went to bed, didn't think anything of it. And I just literally checked TikTok the next morning. It had like hundreds of thousands of plays and loads of comments and everything. And in my DMs was Chad Kruger from Nickelback. And he was just like, okay, let's, uh, let's do this together. Let's release it as a single. And I, this is weird because I'm on a Zoom with Chad, like trying to look at his kitchen and that, seeing what's going on. And like all of Nickelback are there. And I was like, I, you know, I was a little mushroom when I was a little girl. So yeah. it was like, it was like weird to have how you remind me Nickelback talking <laughs> to me about this weird sea shanty that we kind of didn't want to do. Um, and yeah, and then we ended up releasing it with them. So the power of these net of these social networks is like unignorable yeah. and it would be it would be mental to completely pig-headed go the, the other way and not try and listen to it i've got this thing about the music industry and please stop me if this gets boring but like when when music was first ever recorded 
like the when whoever invented it, I don't know who it was, probably Einstein, invented music recording, like people said that was the death of the music industry because people then wouldn't go, oh, it was in the 30s or something, people wouldn't go and watch, I don't know, the ink spots because why would they? Because they could just listen to it on, on the phonograph. Mm. And then it didn't kill the music industry. Obviously, the record industry was born and, and, it, and it sparked much bigger than anyone could have imagined. And then later on, when tapes were invented, everyone was like, well, that's going to be the death of the music industry now because people can just record things off the radio. Why would anyone go out and buy a record? And obviously that didn't kill it. Like tapes are fine. It, it, and the music industry adapted and, and all good. And then moving on, CDs, not really, nothing really happened with that. And mini discs, just forgettable. And then um, the drummer of Metallica, what's he called? Can't think of his name. Lars Ulrich. Lars Ulrich. He invented Napster. Do you remember that? And then every, he didn't, did he? He hated it. Hey, you weren't a every, fan. <laughs> everyone was like, that's the death of the music industry because no one's going to pay for music. And then Daniel Ek came, monetized that, made it convenient. And then Spotify was born. And that's where we are today. And I feel like the music industry just has to adapt each time yeah. uh, something momentous, something big happens like that. And this new way is that all songs are three minutes long and... They have to get right to the point, very much unlike my explanation and answer to your question, which went right round the houses. That's what podcasts <laughs> are about, mate. Love it. Love it. Right. I'm going to take you back. Tell me the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please, Tom. Well, this was another one that I, well, I've, I've just obsessively thought about all these questions, but I changed this one. I remember I sent you one and then I was like, no way, actually. Because you sent me Still Ill, didn't you, by the Smiths? Yeah, because the Smiths are an important band to me because they kind of showed me that I was like a weird little nerd guy with no friends. And then so was Morrissey, though. And so were all these people that related to what he was saying. There is a light never goes out. There you go. I've, I'm covered in Smiths tattoos. I've got, <laughs> I've got one on my arm up here. I can't get it out, get the badge in. And it's supposed to be Morrissey, but it looks like Rick Astley. <laughs> so Even it's better. just like a Rick, a Rick Astley one. <laughs> I've got one of on the army. Yeah, so the guy, who saw, the guy saw that, and he was a tattoo artist, and he's like, that doesn't look like Morrissey. I'll do you one. And I was like, sound. So I got a second Morrissey portrait that looks like Wolverine. So like, I've just can't, I can't win with Morrissey portraits. And to be fair, another man that maybe his views I don't, fully get on board with so maybe it's better yeah. to have Wolverine and Rick, and Rick Astley Absolutely. but as a songwriter and as a man who creates art Jesus the Smiths were important to me so I did say Still Ill but then I changed it because the first time I ever cried at a song and I must have been about 10 or even earlier when this song came out was Baz Luhrmann's Sunscreen um, Everybody's Free to Wear Sunscreen and I've tried ripping it off in various ways <laughs> over, the, over time and that's hard but just it just connected with me. Just yeah. it, it has something about his voice and the advice and over, over the backing track and the video for it at the time, which I probably watched on like the box. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss since 2013 Bombas has donated over 100 million socks underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness if we counted those on air this ad would last over 1157 days but if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible it would take just a few clicks because every time you make a purchase Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And yeah, that was just an emotional piece of music. And I thought, wow. Where was growing up, mate? Where was it? Mm -hmm. It's a place called Lee uh, in Lancashire, which is like an old working class mining town where everyone knows each other. And I kind of like it. I hate it, but I also it's like your weird cousin, like that you that, that says weird things and ruins parties, but you have to love him. Yeah, you know. So like that is what Lee is to me, my cousin Lee, and I, I, it's made me who I am. Yeah. But I hope I make enough money to get out of it one day. Christ, <laughs> take me to LA. Take me to Miami. Happy <laughs> memories growing up there, though. Yeah, I've got a lot of happy memories. I've got a lot of friends. Um, I kind of found the musician crowd. Bizarrely, Lee and the surrounding areas has got this concentration of amazing musicians. All my mates are incredible musicians. And there's like open mic nights and jam nights and we all hang out and play together. And I've been to jam nights and open mic nights in Manchester, in London, in big cities. And, and the level of musicianship is nowhere near what my stupid mates can do. And it, it blows my mind. And I've got a theory. I think it's cause the schools were so bad that people weren't like pouring themselves into academic things because no one had an aspiration to be a doctor because it seemed so unachievable. So people just got an electric guitar or a drum kit and that is how they express themselves. So like my mate Johnny is stupid like uh, with, with all respect to him he'd be the first to say it he's not the most intelligent guy academically but if he picks up that guitar he can make me cry yeah because he's just so good and i watch him in awe and he just shines when he's got the guitar yeah. so like yeah that's what growing up was like and and i've got a lot of mates that are, that are like that too so i really liked it and does it tell me a little bit about <clears throat> The, 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 that you know, living in a place where everybody knows each other because the, the, the reason I set this podcast up was purely based, and, and I've mentioned it a few times on this podcast. Like, I'm my, I'm, I'm part of a, a former musician called Scroobius Pip, and he lives at the end of the mm. road, uh, from me. Mate. And, and 
A letter from man to God. Oh, oh. that'll do it, won't oh. it? <laughs> oh, mate, that, what, what a genius. But, um, but, but Pip's an Essex boy like me, and, and, man. and in all of his, um, you know, interviews when, when him and Dan blew up, were like, uh, I'll say, you, you, you from London? And he was like, no. And he was yeah. like, oh, you're going to move to London? No. Uh, I can get to London in half hour on the train. And, yeah. and, and so, it, you know, it's, that, that's where the kind of concept come about for the podcast was talking to people about where they're from and, 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 and how important that is in, in, in their creative journey. And, and that pressure to, to relocate maybe for you to, to Manchester where, you know, or, mm. or, or, or for Pip, it was like, you know, what, why are you not living in London? Um, yeah. But then also one of the things that, that, that growing up in Essex and, and being in bands and being around people that have gone on to, to have successful careers in music from Essex, I've always got that, I always like to ask people, like, do you know, where you come from, did it feel like you could get out of where you was from with music? Yeah, um, it did. That was always the dream. I mean, it, it wasn't to, like, move away, but it was to see the world and, and see the country even, or see Birmingham for the first time because I didn't, you know, like until I started touring around in the band, I'd seen very little of the world or particular or the country. So I just wanted to travel and get around. And and now we're we're like we tour so much. We do something like two hundred gigs a year. Like I'm never at home, but it's still home. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I just wanted to see places, and I I feel so lucky that I've I've seen Europe and America all because of the stupid songs that I write in my knickers with like mayonnaise <laughs> down my front. <laughs> you know, people don't see like I feel very very lucky. You know. Oh, wonderful! Tell me about the song that reminds you of your time at school, please, Tom. Well, it'd have to be Queen, wouldn't it? After I was uh, little Freddie. Yeah. So. Um, it was hard to. I just thought I'd pick my favorite ever Queen song because I, I used to obsessively listen to it all. But something about good old fashioned Lover Boy that it was kind of theatrical. The harmonies were amazing. I really liked the lyrics uh, and the vocal is incredible. It was just like, yeah, that, that always has been my favorite Queen song. So I'm going to go good old fashioned Lover Boy. Wonderful. By Queen. I mean, I, I've met you 22 minutes ago and. You don't lack charisma, mate. It, you know it's 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 flying. It's flying Stop through it. Zoom. Um, Stop. And so what? What I want to ask you is going back then, and you saying you know drawing on a a little Freddie moustache and and popping <laughs> on a yellow jacket at school. You a confident young man? I've got like this. I've got mad ADHD. Um, which means I'm quite a strange person a lot of the time, I think. So like, I, I, I got kicked out of both primary school and high school because um, I wasn't, I just couldn't do it. Like I wasn't fit. I was always quite intelligent, but I could never apply myself because I always, I always felt like, I don't want to say, my mum was always like, mm, it wasn't challenging enough because you're such a genius. But I don't think that was the case. I just couldn't sit there. And it was boring, man. Yeah. You know, like, so I wanted to like make jokes and stand up in front of the class and make the teacher look stupid. And so, yeah, I've always had that kind of need for attention and affirmation. Um, and, and, and yeah, so that's where those are my earliest stages in those in those uh, classrooms. And so, yeah, I think I've always been quite confident. I remember in our like year six play, obviously because I was the queen kid, 
um they had me dress as freddie in the um i want to break free video yeah literally in my mum's tights and like a skirt and a hoover <laughs> and like thinking about it like that was brave yeah you know as a as a kid in like Completely. whenever that was you know 1999 2000 or whatever like that that was a brave move yeah. and i didn't think anything of it because i just love showing off yeah so yeah i think i probably was quite confident but also inwardly very very distressed and very very um self-conscious about who i was and how i looked and and uh so maybe it was a bit of masking that yeah. the whole thing but um yeah this is turning to therapy did you know what you wanted to be yeah always always ever since i saw queen live at wembley i was like that's what i'm gonna do and i'm not gonna accept anything else yeah like and i'm still not accepted that it might not happen <laughs> Like it kind of is happening on a small scale, but like I am never ever gonna do a plan B ever. Yeah. I'll just you know get rich or die trying. Absolutely, quote, quote Absolutely. the great Fifty Cent. I think it was Fifty Cent that said it. Might have been Oscar Wilde. It was. I, uh, I went. I went to my uh, local swimming pool many years ago in Basildon, and uh, and saw somebody uh, with one of the worst tattoos ever. But it did say "Get Rich or Die Trying" across his back. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a statement that is. It is. It really is. <laughs> I definitely think one of his mates had done it after a couple of shandies as well because it it was a shocker. Now, when you think, oh, if I would have got a photo of that, that would have gone viral. That but, uh, <laughs> it's frowned upon take taking cameras of... into uh, swimming pools. I have got some terrible, terrible tattoos, mate. You can have photos of mine if you want to go viral <laughs> with them. I've got Louis Theroux on my thigh. I don't know why. Just a big picture of Louis Theroux. Which why? I believe it. I I love Louis Theroux. Yeah, I mean, I so do I. It... But still, <laughs> don't think you know what it's going to get him plastered all over me fire. Yeah, I I heard an interview with Louis Theroux actually, and they showed him it. Um, it was on YouTube or something, and he was just like, "Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit freaked out by that." And so <laughs> I was like, "Oh no!" But um, yeah, I've got some really really terrible tattoos. I've had a lot of mine done in kitchens by idiots. So the, the, the mates that I've got that didn't apply themselves to music applied themselves to art. So I've got a lot of tattoo friends as well. So I take it you'd kind of, by the time you was at school, you'd surrounded yourself with a creative bunch of people. Yeah. I found my crowd. Um, and when I found the Smiths, I had a, a mate called Sam Smith, who was in like my first ever band. And he showed me, frankly, Mr. Shankly. That was the first Smith song that he ever showed me. And I was like, what is this? It's kind of funny. The guy's voice is weird. Like, what is this? Yeah. And then we we kind of really bonded because he just discovered the Smiths as well. And yeah. that was where we just sat in his room night after night, just listening and talking about the music. And I don't think that was quite typical for a, like a 12-year-old. Like, yeah. I think, you know, we were both kind of weird. And I'm so grateful that that he showed me that that night. And, and like, yeah, um, I, I found my crowd, definitely. I feel people have missed out. If they don't have that moment where somebody goes, this is frankly Mr. Shankly, and mm -hmm. and then you just discover the Smiths and it lands properly, you're like, oh, oh, hang on, this is me. This is, yeah. this is, this is about me. Like... That is a big old cuddle in them early years. And, oh. uh, and that makes everything all right. And I think that's why some of the things that, that Moz says now, it's, it's, I don't know, I think he's had such an impact on such a generation, you know, so many generations where he's been that it's all right to 
to be different. And I think it just makes it that much more of a bit appeal to kind of go, huh? Why are you saying that? But you've just got to hold on to the fact that Johnny Marr is the coolest guy still walking the planet. So we're, we're all right. We've got Johnny. We've still got Johnny. <laughs> yeah, well, I was like, you know, I'm a mass, obviously a massive Smiths and Morrissey fan. And his recent tour, I was kind of in two minds whether to go. I went on the guest list, obviously famous. Oh, right, but um... <laughs> how, how was it? Because he, he's he's doing London very soon, I think. Yeah, um, it's, it's just a one off London gig. Isn't yeah. it? I don't even think it's sold out, you know, which is. And I, I've seen him many, many times. and And it's really weird. I saw him. I saw him at Madstock, the big Madness reunion show um, at the beginning of the nineties, where he come on on the first day. There was two shit. There was two gigs. He come on on the first day, waving a Union Jack, and he just got bottled and pelted by all of these kind of old school Madness fans yeah. uh, that didn't particularly want to see Moz do what Moz does. I was down the front, literally screaming like. Um, <laughs> Because uh, he was he was glorious. He didn't come back and play the second day. He uh, he he didn't come back. But um, from what I gather as well, I think him and Suggs are very good friends. Um, he I think Suggs sings on Piccadilly Polara, I believe. Mm. Uh, but yeah, and I don't know. I'm kind of got that thing where I'm toying. Do I go to London to watch Morrissey? It's like, th- do you that- know what, man? I loved it. It was such a good. It was so Morrissey. He didn't play anything that anyone wanted. Yeah, like <laughs> it was so good. He actually played "Sweet and Tender Hooligan," oh. which was like it was such an amazing thing to see that. And uh, how soon is now? Yeah. You know, a couple of the hits, but it was mainly just Moz being like. Have you Morrissey. seen Johnny? Yeah, I have. I cried. I went to see him at the Ritz when he first he first did his solo record. Um. And when he played There Is A Light That Never Goes Out, I oh. cried like a baby. Um, yeah, I've been I'm lucky enough to have been around Johnny quite a lot, um, you know, in various studios in Manchester and stuff. And he's just the coolest guy, man. He's always got loads of advice and yeah. it's Johnny Ma. I yeah. remember being like one, one of our first ever recording sessions was at Blueprint Studios and it was the first time I quit my job and um, my granddad gave me some money and he was like, I want I want to see you do this, you know, before I, he's still going, he's still alive. <laughs> but um he was like, go in the studio and record. So I'd, I it was like three grand and I've never had that much money before. It was and went in to record and I was like, Oh my god, this is what it's like. This is a big studio, this is it. And we were doing our guitars and I went out for a sick or whatever. And Johnny Ma walked in the studio past me and I was just like, Is this what it's like? <laughs> like, is this like Johnny Ma's just here? And he he, he came and he, he was in the, I was like pouring a glass of water and Johnny Meyer walked in and I turned the tap too much and it went all over me like some kind of coming of age American film. And then he, he was in, he walked into the studio one where we were recording, he was listening to my guitar playing and, and complimenting it. And I was just like, this is, um, this is so weird. And then since then- How lovely. I've, that what? is absolutely lovely, right? In it, in it, like imagine me being like, my first steps into like, no, this is what I'm really going to focus on. And then the literally the hero walking into the room, it was just like, oh, it kind of affirmed it to me. Like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Yeah. This is what, this is what I should be doing. So yeah, it was great. I love Johnny. 
Exactly. I seen him driving the cribs around in a transit van as well, oh. which I just think is amazing. When he was with the cribs, yeah, he, yeah, was, yeah. he was like tour managing them, driving them around like the dad. And I just so thought cool. that was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. Tell me the first song you remember buying from a record store. I went and bought uh, Be Here Now by Oasis. I mithered my mum for some money, like a tenner or whatever. Mithered and mithered and mithered, and I had a Sony uh, Discman, and I went and bought Be Here Now. That was the first album that I ever bought, so I've... Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Pick Stand By Me by Oasis because that was my favorite song on it. In hindsight, after, you know, everything that Oasis have done and that being the album that, they generally say that was peak cocaine and, you know, that was where the magic stopped. Like, what are your thoughts on that record now? I think it's a good album. Like, I know it gets a lot of stick. Mm. And, and obviously, like, when you've just done Definitely Maybe and What's the Story, Morning Glory, it's, it's not going to be easy to follow that. You up. don't like, need to oh. pick the mic up. You've, you've <laughs> dropped it and you can just walk off into the sunset. Do you know what I mean? Not many bands do yeah. one of them albums, let alone two. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I love Oasis. I really do. And um, yeah, I mean, it's not my favorite Oasis album, mm. but it was the first one that I bought. And so I've got a lot of love for it and nostalgia because I, I literally played it back to back, back to back, back to back all the time, just listening to it. And it's got like all around the world on there. I think that's an amazing Don't song. go away on that album. What's that? Don't go away. That's on that album, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a cracker. Yeah, there's there's some great. I mean, Noel Gallagher wrote the songs. Like, it's, yeah. they're obviously amazing. Like, he's an amazing songwriter. Dude, I, I, like, th- th- there's a point. Like, I think you know, around the time of um, what's the story, where he just was untouchable. I think, and and I and I base that purely, and I've said it countless times on this podcast. When you start writing Talk Tonight, Master Plan, Acquiesce, and go, I'll sling them on the B side. <laughs> I know. That's I crazy know. confidence, isn't it? That, like, yeah, this ain't going nowhere, this creative spurt. Like, I'm going to put that on the B side. Like, I've, I've, yeah. I mean, that CD single of Some Might Say, Some Might Say, Acquiesce, and Talk Tonight. Most bands yeah. that give their right arm to, to get anywhere near Talk Tonight or Acquiesce, let alone sling it on a B side, it's Fucking bananas! Like incredible, just yeah. just incredible, and yeah, I always like loved 
Oasis because of where they came from and it was close to me and yeah, they're just cool, aren't they? Like the Gallagher brothers are just cool. Yeah. Liam is still cool. Yeah. 100%. Kids still, kids still want to be Liam Gallagher. Yeah. You know, I, I want to be Liam Gallagher. Yeah. It's there's, there's, that... there's not many artists from the mid nineties that if I'm flicking through a newspaper or whatever and I see an interview with them, I'll get overly excited about it. If someone's interviewed yeah. Liam Gallagher, I'm gonna read it. It's gonna make me laugh. Like because the the, the geese is just I think working class people like watching working class people and, and spe- certainly when they they kind of hit the jackpot and they, they prove everyone wrong. And I love it. Love it. Absolutely. I'm an Essex boy. I should like Blurmore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right about that because like even, you know, just locally with us doing well and having, you know, our marginal success, which I'm really, really proud of, so I'm going to stop down playing it. Um, like a lot of pe- people get really behind us, you know, and it's so nice because like I walk into a pub and everyone's like, "Oh, you, how's it going? Like, how was the last gig?" And we've we've got some like mad stuff coming up, which I've been telling people, and people are so chuffed. Like with our next record, we've managed to do some collaborations on there. I don't even know how I've pulled this off, but it was Sean Riders on the next single that's coming out, and like talking about working class heroes, Sean yeah. Ryder. Fucking hell, man! What a guy. He's weird. I love him. Like just a top guy. Like when he went, <laughs> when we're in the studio, we got like a rider through from me. He's like, right, I want some McCoys, but they can't be the bait ones. And I want some Guinness and, and some celebrations. I'm like, right, okay. So we laid them all out on a little table, and we had like eight cans of Guinness, his uh, non-baked McCoys, and celebrations. And he just walked in. And looked at it, he was like, have you got a glass? I can't drink out of the can. And I was like, oh, shit. Uh, no. So he was drinking his Guinness out of a Sports Direct mug, which I loved. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. <laughs> and then he just selected all his favourite um, celebrations, stuffed them into his pockets, put a couple of bags of crisps in his pockets and went, right, that's all I'll have. I'll swap you for that and put a conker down. And I was like, mate, I'm just, I'm going to keep that conker forever. It's just like you're the most incredible person I've ever met. It's ridiculously cool. And um, it was weird because like, I was like, right. So I've seen him on Gogglebox and that, and what we're going to get out of him in the studio. I think it's fair to to say that like, you don't know what you're going to get out of Sean Ryder when you put him in a booth. So I was like, he's got really bad ADHD as well. And the chorus, the song's called Money. And the chorus is just, Money, money, money. It literally repeats the same word three times. And I was like, so the chorus is money, money, money. And he's like, you'll have to write that down for me. I'm like, oh, okay. So I literally wrote money down on a piece of paper three times and gave it to him. And he's like, right, cool. <laughs> I'm like, right, sound good. So he went in the thing. And I was a bit worried because I was like, we need a Sean Ryder call the cops, you mm. know? He's twisting my melon, man. We need like one of his iconic things. And uh, do I try and write that and tell him what to say? I can't tell Sean Ryder to say a Sean Ryder thing. Close. But he he literally went in the booth and we were just rolling for about an hour. And everything that came out of his mouth was gold. I can't, like, honestly, I'm just going to release the whole hour version because everything that he said was amazing. And like we were just laughing our heads off with some of it and it was like so punchy just really poetic sometimes yeah. sometimes hilarious and i just thought wow that is why you are Sean Ryder Absolutely. how dare i how dare i even think 
that I should have written your bit. So, I mean, yeah, I went off on one a bit there, but... That's all right, because he's a fantastic, tenuous link, because I've, I have run a nightclub, and I've run a, an alternative nightclub for 30-odd for years, Matt, and, uh, and my most exciting, ridiculous, and mental story... Uh, both of them actually involve Sean Ryder at my venue, <laughs> uh, and uh, I won't say it on on, on on there. But it does involve me having to explain that he was singing into a bottle of Bud and not a microphone. And when you meet your hero and you have to kind of switch his hands over because he's he's singing into a bottle of Bud, telling me that the mic's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I absolutely love him. I'm a bit worried because we've got we're filming a music video with him next month. And um, yeah, I've, I've, there's some things that I've got to ask him to do that I'm a bit nervous about asking him to do. But <laughs> yeah, it, amazing. And like, I, I'm going to go on about this, but these collaborations, we've also managed to get Boy George oh, on a record. Oh, wow. he's just an icon. He's literally a pop icon. I wrote this song. I sent it to Boy George. He didn't read the message. So I sent it again and he ignored it. So I sent it again. And I was like, listen, I've written this amazing song for you, George, and you won't even listen to it. It's stupid. <laughs> and then he literally said, send me your number. And I was like, oh, God, I've, I think I've upset by George. And I sent him my number and he rang me that night. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And he was like, darling, I love the song. I love it. It's amazing. It's amazing. Let's get in the studio. Let's do it. And and by George, and I, on my birthday, I was in the studio with by George. And the only card I got that day was off by George. And oh, my God. the only one I ever won. And oh, it sounds incredible. Superb. And even more tenuous. Culture Club played their first ever gig at my club. Um, really? Yeah. Shit, um, so, let's talk clubs. First song. Well, tell me the song that soundtrack you're using, Clubland, please, Tom. Well, I, this was a difficult one to pick, and I was trying to like, because obviously I grew up kind of going to the indie clubs and stuff like that. So indie was, clubs. Is, it's all about indie clubs as well. It's not about chrome laden kind of you know. Yeah. High street clubs. But when I think about going out to clubs, I think about when I was like kind of in high school and there was this under 18s night and it was on a Tuesday and a Thursday. Only the hardcore went on Tuesday. Everyone went on a Thursday, but I went to both. You know, I was a main ad there. You know what I mean? Like, cool, that's Tom Rylance in baggy. It, and it was, it was. And a yellow Nirvana. jacket and a drawn on moustache. <laughs> Here he is. <laughs> Yeah, um, it well at that phase I was kind of a lot more, you know. It was it was called Cafe Nirvana, and it was a metal night really, and like it was when new metal was coming around, so everyone wanted to be Fred Durst, and and um, I was kind of really really into Eminem as well. Like I just thought that. Well, that was like when I, uh, on top of the Smiths, I realized how much you could just do with words and a pen, just like Eminem's just saying stuff, but it's incredible. Like, and it, people are getting upset about it and people are really jumping. And I, I yeah. just love that. Anyway, um, so it was like a, a mosher club. We were moshers. And so the f- song that I've picked is actually off Hybrid Theory, which is another one of the albums that I, I'm going to like credit in my development as a human being. Uh, in the end by Linkin Park and I don't even care if that's an uncool pick mm-hmm. for your very cool podcast I'm going to pick it because it's a banger I, I think uh, there's a lot of music from that era that 
that I don't think's dated particularly well. And I'll and I'll throw limp. I'll throw. I'll say it, I'll throw limp biscuit in that. For me, Deftones <laughs> they stand tall. And uh, oh, Deftones are an incredible band. But um, Lincoln Park, I mean, that still gets played in my club every weekend to kids that are eighteen now, and they're still yeah. screaming it at the top of their lungs the way that you would have done, you know, back then. And and I think Lincoln Park holds up. I really do. Yeah, and I do, too, but I I also think that Chocolate Starfish, it still sounds good to these days. Like I still listen to Limp Bizkit every now and again. <laughs> well, I mean, I mentioned Pip earlier, and and and, and him and like my other buds, they were they were all over that. Like, yeah. it, literally the other day, Pip showed me a picture of him with his Alien Ant Farm haircut with the little bit <laughs> like in the front. Oh yeah, and like, and I was like, dude, come on! But like, they will <laughs> argue, they will argue Limp Bizkit with me all day long, like. I, I I'm yeah I don't know. Have you watched um the uh the, the oh what's the, the the doc on Netflix about um Oh no the, the Woodstock one. Oh have you seen it? No, I've not watched Mate. it. Like I started to watch it and then got, probably got distracted by something shiny and just like moved <laughs> and I've not gone back to it yet, but I want to. My god, like when them and corn come on, it's insane like it's the last thing that festival needed at that point but then when you look and people are blaming the people that you know booked it it's like but they were the biggest bands in the world at that point you know uh, back then that was what everyone was talking about the fact that it was that messy that the voice of reason people were looking to Gavin Rosdale from Bush for answers which is quite surreal um (laughs) (laughs) i must watch that in fact uh, after this i am in the van for about six hours so i'm gonna i'm gonna watch that that's it's a cracker i'll do it is a cracker speaking of uh, fred durst really quick have you seen him recently no he he looks different he looks like someone's nan but like not in a sexy way like harry styles like it's just like he looks he's he's got got a big beard now hasn't he no, uh, last well, last I saw him, he's got like a blonde bob. What? And like big nan glasses. Shut up. I think so. Uh, last Honestly. time I see him, he just looked like he just had a big old grey beard and just a cap on. Looked a bit of a trucker dude. Oh my god, nah. really? He's just got yeah, like he, full nan chic. <laughs> full on nan chic, mate. He looks like my <laughs> grand Mavis. <laughs> Oh, wicked. Well, look, I'll tell you what, we, you, you spoke a lot about home, so let's take you home for track six and uh, tell me a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please, mate. Oh, so very difficult because I really feel like we're really good at music. Yeah, you are. Um, oh, 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 is it county? Oh, I thought it said country. County. Oh, it's wow. all right. You, you'd, you'll, 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 you'll be guessed 430 out of 479 that have said exactly that. <laughs> so don't worry. Really? I'll give you two. Who did you have for country? Uh, for country, I had Jealous Guy, John Lennon, because wow, you know, it was one of the greatest songs I've ever written. I can really uh, relate to that. And oh, oh, you picked John Lennon, did you? What else do you like? Going on holiday, drinking water. Like, yeah, all right, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to go for the Beatles, but so I went for John Lennon. Jealous um, Guy's County. Incredible. Oh, yeah, like one of the best songs ever, ever. Yeah. I tried to cover it once, and Christ, it was bad. So, like, what, do you make of, to... what do you make of Roxy's cover of it? I don't, I don't think I've heard that. Oh, go check out Roxy Music's cover. I think they had a number one of it as well. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. maybe I have then. Maybe I didn't like it. 
I've heard Elliot Smith's cover of mm. it, and I think that's that's really good. Yeah, but I I haven't and can't recall the Roxy Music one. Maybe maybe I have heard it. Yeah. I don't know. It's not going to be as good though, is it? Of course it's not. Of course it's not. It's it's about as close to perfect as you can get that record. If I am gonna go home county, yeah, then the late Pete Shelley is actually from Lee, oh. the little town that I'm from. So I'm gonna go. What do I get? Oh, even better. Yeah, because what an amazing song, and uh, it's also in one of my favorite films. I don't know if you've seen Ghost World, but I that have. was one of the that was one of the films that like growing up meant a lot to me. And there's a great scene when Thora Birch is. Um, singing that and yeah. i always think about that and yeah and i always thought god this guy's from lee and his songs in my favorite film like and that was inspiring to me like i can do that oh so yeah that's what i'm going for that was a better answer than jealous guy oh that's a great shout that's a great shout and i think possibly i shouldn't have put any preparation into these answers no. at all because i would have shoot would've from the better. hip every time mate <laughs> uh, so, and also shout out I think that's the first time the Buzzcocks have got a mention on this podcast so uh, yes. it's a very very welcome one Right, is that not the first time the Beatles have had a shout out I think you're the first one <laughs> to pick Lennon oh really I don't think anyone's chose Lennon but uh, yeah intros quite a few people have chose help like, oh yeah because well, that, that don't muck about does it that's like no. straight in <laughs> <clears throat> right final song Tell me a yeah. song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear, please. Well, I think that I might have picked, but I think maybe everyone knows this, but I only discovered it a couple of days ago and I've not been able to stop. It's um, it's by someone, an artist called Ren, and the song's called Hi Ren. And I watched the video and it's just, have you, have you seen, have you seen it? Have you heard it? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like the video is just a very simple video. He's like uh, in like um, a medical gown sat in a wheelchair playing a classical acoustic guitar and uh, and singing and rapping and he, he does this whole song which is like a back and forth between him and his uh, inner monologue and his um, anxiety and his thoughts and his depression and it is amazing it's nine minutes long yeah. and it's um, we're talking about this tiktok generation and and the short attention spans he's done this nine minute long song and it is landed and like people everybody needs to hear that yeah. especially if you're a creative and you, and you uh, you make music and you have these same kind of thought he was like he's just like in my head this is so weird it was like all his insecurities were the same as mine and like the imposter syndrome and then fighting that and i was just thought that is one of the most incredible pieces that i've ever heard so yeah that high ren by ren Wonderful. Tom, we put together a Spotify playlist to accompany the pod uh, with all of the tracks on. And obviously, uh, we will put some of your music on there uh, as well. So with that in mind, what's happening with the band? What's coming up, mate? Oh, well, we're just about, like, literally tomorrow, um, or in the past, whenever you post this, yeah. we start our tour with um, Frank Turner, which is good. So like, Frank's always been a big supporter of us and we've managed, we've collaborated with him on, on this new album and also on our, I want to say hit, but we don't have any hits, but our, our like biggest song, I suppose, yeah. uh, is a song called Start Again that Frank sings on and I love Frank. He's and, a lovely um, human, isn't he? Oh, just like, I, obviously I love him as a songwriter and I'm inspired by him and his work, but as a human being, 
I have no, I don't think I know anybody who's got more time for people, who's kinder, who, you know, like all the stuff that he did during that stinky lockdown where he was like raising money for music venues, which, you know, directly affected me because they were still there for me to play, yeah. you know, the independent music venues. And he was raising money for his crew that weren't getting paid. And I just think the guy's got a heart of gold and I'm so looking for, we've played with him before, but never toured. So I'm looking forward to spending a few weeks with the guy really looking forward to that and then we've got a record coming out which um they're proud of it's called anxiety replacement therapy uh or art art which you know scrooby as pip himself could have thought of that's how <laughs> that is how clever that is um and it's the yeah it's a record that i'm so proud of and i'm looking forward to that getting out there and doing our headline tours and yeah just all the stuff that bands do releasing yeah. albums and touring and uh but I'm dead proud and it's going so big, man. Like, so the venues that we've just booked for the end of this year are staggering and scary and just too big. But we're going to try. We're going to do it. Love it. Absolutely. Absolutely, mate. Best of luck to you. And if people want to keep up the speed uh, with everything that the band's doing, tour dates, releases and such, where's the best place to keep up the speed with you? Uh, my mum knows everything, right. so if you just we'll, want to we'll go and find me, mum, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just give her a shout. <laughs> just go and find her. She's usually in like uh, Aldi in Tilsley, <laughs> like a lot of the time. So if you just hang around there, you'll find her. <laughs> no, you know socials, whatever. Wonderful. Well, if it's cool with you, Tom, we'll tag you in it um, when this comes out. So if people aren't oh, following mate, you already, I then just want to say like. That. Thanks so much for having me. You've had some real famous people. And I don't know if you're scraping the barrel or doing this as kind of a joke, but I really appreciate you me having you having me on this, man. Like, Matt, I, really I have do. had a lovely time. It's been such a nice, nice natter, and I've had a good laugh as well. So it's been absolutely a, a wonderful hour spent. Honestly, Tom, thank you so much, mate. Thank you, mate. Nice to meet you. Absolutely. I'm gonna press stop. Don't go anywhere. Oh, there you go. Love that chat. Oh, it was a lot of fun, Tom, and uh, we had a little natter afterwards um, about coming back on uh, at the end of the year and 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 doing a, a live a live gigs version, which we've done some some of the guests that have been on that have been like a real 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 fun chat um, that we've reached out to again. I said, come back on and let's let's do another episode, but we'll talk about gigs, gigs you've played, tours you've done gigs you've been to, tours that you've been to, and uh, and we base a, a, another little sort of bonus episode on, on gigs other than songs. And uh, and there's a fair few in the back catalogue, so if you see um, any guests that have been on twice, uh, the second time we're talking gigs. Uh, so, yeah, so huge thanks to, to Tom for giving up his time. Um, go check out the Lottery Winners. Uh, wonderful band. So much to look forward to there. You know, going to hear tracks with Frank Turner coming soon. Boy, George, I mean, come on, Sean Ryder. Uh, what more do you need? Go check them out if you haven't already. Go listen to the um, the guest playlist over on Spotify. Uh, there'll be all of the song picks that we've discussed today, uh, obviously, as well as lottery winners music as well. Right, I think we're done. Um, as mentioned at the beginning, go give us a subscribe, a like, love, share on the retweets. And I always say that and people get bored of hearing um, podcasters say that but that stuff really matters you know just give us a little like or nudge your mate and go there's this kind of elderly lispy guy from Essex that that, that talks to uh, amazing creative people uh, about records you should go and check his podcast out it's all right 
I'm back next time. Uh, thanks ever so much for listening. See you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.